Hi, I'm Kate. And I'm Ruby. And we are The Duality Project, and you're listening to The Self-Study Podcast. The Duality Project is empowerment from the inside. We seek to live life on purpose so that we can more intentionally and intimately show up in our relationships and our communities. With a healthier perspective on self-development, we offer programs, coaching, and this podcast that support you in bridging the gap between who you want to be and how you actually show up. Through exploration and awareness, you'll discover a deeper understanding of yourself to become happier, healthier, and more grounded. We're so glad you're here. Something that goes along with this podcast is the curriculum that we put together called the Self-Study Program. We also offer one-on-one coaching and many self-study courses via thedualityproject.com. We're back. So in our last episode, which was courage, uh, we decided to do something new to add a new little segment and it's just our gratitude practice. And because something that we want you to leave this podcast feeling is like a sense of like um, hopefulness of like what's possible. And what we know is that gratitude can really help with that. So um, Ruby, what are you feeling something grateful for? Like in regards to yourself? Today, I feel really grateful for myself in that I... I'm doing something new this week. So a little bit of context. Um, It's pretty regular that my husband and I, while we have coffee in the mornings, we'll talk about like, how do we feel today? And like, what are we going to need? What do we need from the day? And that's great. And that has been really helpful for me. But sometimes what I notice is then I end up like not doing what I want. And so this week I have added a question and I instead have asked, what are three things that you just want to do today or you want from the day? And I just, yeah, I feel very grateful that I asked myself that question. And then also that like something so simple for me can feel like so intrinsically motivating. And I just feel grateful for like little questions I can ask myself that change the game, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. Mm, I'm feeling grateful for myself. Um, I'm not feeling all that great today and yesterday. And I have these like swollen lymph nodes. And then it's, of course, it's like, is it the flu? Is it Rona? I don't know what, I don't know what it is, but I do know how I feel. And I have prioritized just kind of like laying low, like taking it easy, getting in the, I got in the bed last night at 7.30 PM, you know, and I didn't get out of the bed until 8 AM this morning. And I just feel grateful for how... Um, something like that, I used to like really push through or to not let other people know that I wasn't feeling good. Um, and now I'm just like, yeah, I don't feel great. I'm not at a hundred percent. So I don't operate like I'm at a hundred percent and I feel grateful for that shift. Ruby, how are you? Oh, <laughs> Ruby, how are you feeling? That's a, that's me? a Ruby question. How do you feel grateful <laughs> for me? Um, I feel grateful for you, Kate, in that, um, Like, I always can trust your clarity of communication. Like, I just, I feel so grateful for the way that you communicate, the way that you communicate so consistently and honestly, and the way that that, like, allows me to feel connected and close to you and, like, on the same page. Oh. I'm glad that feels that way. What are you grateful for about me? (laughs) Uh, Well, I'm... (laughs) <laughs> I'll tell you. <laughs> um, last week, Ruby and I have started putting in this new, like, we're just like, you know, every year we have like a, um, like a, 
team meeting, you know, between the two of us and we go like what's working and what's not working. And one thing that doesn't work is like the cur- some of the current systems that we have in place. So we're using this new program and I was all like, okay, great. I'll get it all set up. And I'm really grateful that I was furious. <laughs> I was totally <laughs> furious about this new platform because it's like, it doesn't feel intuitive to me at least not obviously on my first day it didn't it doesn't feel intuitive yet but like I feel grateful for my relationship with you Ruby because I was really able to be like Ruby I'm furious about this like I'm pissed about this and and something that you should know I guess is that Ruby found the platform and so there was that like there was a moment where I had where I was where I almost didn't want to tell you how mad I was about it because I didn't want you to take it personally and then that be like a rift between the two of us but I just feel so grateful that I, that I feel really confident enough to go, yeah, I'm pissed about this right now. I'm really willing to do it. But right now I'm pissed about it. And so I'm not going to pretend like I'm excited about it. But I can do things even if I'm not excited about it. And I really appreciate the way that like, uh, like I didn't, I, I got the sense a little bit that, you know, and you told me you were like, I'm kind of feeling some kind of way about this. And I was like, I know, but you know, that's not true. And she was like, yeah, I know that's not true. And then we've just been able to move forward and we're using it like literally in this moment. And so, um, you know, I just feel like it just feels so nice because, okay, speaking of the podcast theme that we haven't mentioned yet, I feel really free in my relationship with you. And I appreciate oh, that you create same. space for me. Our gratitudes are from the same scenario. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, even though you're grumpy, I'm glad you can communicate. <laughs> I feel very grateful for that. There's no, I love that there's yeah. never like, uh, yeah, yeah. I don't have to question our relationship because we stay so consistent and that feels really good and it feels safe and it feels like yeah. secure and it also feels yeah mm-hmm. and it feels like when I'm not having to pretend to be in a good mood I also find myself not going into that space of like blame like I I never felt like I was like blaming you for the program being something that wasn't mm-hmm. intuitive to me like it was just like it's just not um, and I do find that like when I don't say what I need to say, then I want to blame somebody for my problem. And that definitely never helps. Not good. Let's see. Um, um, okay. And how are we feeling grateful for our work these days? Yeah, I feel grateful for the reinvigorated feeling that I have towards work that I don't know, like my relationship to work in the last year has been wavy Mm -hmm. up and down and all around kind of like roller coaster (laughs) roller coastery and I still notice the way that like yeah like not (laughs) linear I still notice the way that old ways of relating to work show up and kind of like cause resistance or cause me to like um not feel motivated or like whatever whatever but Overall, I just feel so grateful that it feels like I've moved into a new clear slate of like, this is what I'm doing. And it just like work, work as a concept has felt very heavy for the last three years. And I feel like I'm feeling a lightness about it and an excitement. And that feels just like relief. And I feel very grateful for that feeling. (laughs) For that lighterness, lighter feeling of relief. For sure. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I, okay. So something that I'm feeling grateful for is that I've been I've been practicing leaning into the idea of um, 
sometimes I can really hate on the systems. Like I can, I can be one of these like major haters of the systems. Like if you think of like, um, like industry standards, it's like certain industry standards. I'm like, that is absolutely garbage and it should not be the standard and it is not okay. And it does not support the people, blah, 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 blah. And so I've often tried to go, okay, in my work, I've tried to go, okay, well, I'm going to be working outside of those systems then. And then, however, that doesn't actually work. So I, I'm feeling grateful that I'm feeling more flexibility in going, okay, I am somebody who sees how systems work. And I do see things as like industry standards and as like groups and as like social things. I'm kind of, I kind of see things like out in this like big picture kind of way. And I'm feeling um, grateful for the ways in which I'm, a, in which I'm going now like, okay, this is how it is now. This is the possibility that I see. And how do we actually bridge the gap? So, so I'm, I guess I'm, I'm saying like, I'm grateful that I don't feel like I only have to operate outside of the system in my own particular version of like what I, what I deem to be like right or um, I don't know, the best way. Because it's like the system is already working how the system is working and I'm not saying that it's necessarily working well in many, many ways. And that is how it is. And so I got to be able to kind of like meet it how it is in order to shift it. And so I'm feeling grateful that I'm feeling more flexible in that way. I hear you. Yeah. I guess that was another way in which I'm grateful for myself. (laughs) (laughs) But I digress. So Ruby, what's our theme today? Oh, our theme is freedom. Wow, I, really wanna, I wish good. that we had the rights to cue the Beyonce song. That's like dun. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, you know, I did get my um you get your Chani app notifications, right? Always, of course. What did she so, say? So well. Something that the listeners should know is that I'm Sagittarius Sun and I'm a Sagittarius Rising. And I don't know if you know this, but what we like the most is freedom. And I think that something to note about that is how I feel about systems. Like to me, most systems leave me feeling like squashed and like I I don't want to do it. Um, But Ruby and I took a break like just right before this. And so I read through my email and she says, um, oh, wait. Hold on, let me find the part. I just... Aha. From November 15th to December 9th, Venus journeys through Sagittarius and a call to adventure tugs at our heartstrings. It's time to center the connections that feel as expansive as the open skies. Venus in Sagittarius reminds us of the oxygen that keeps our relationships flame alive. Freedom. And I was like, what a day for us to be recording this podcast. <laughs> freedom is oxygen. Yeah. Oxygen is freedom. freedom. I love that. Oxygen. And like what is required for all forms of life? Oxygen. So what is required freedom. for all forms of life? Freedom. Yeah, absolutely. And something that, you know, if you haven't listened to Courage yet, do go back and listen to Courage. Um, because 
in order for there to be a sense of freedom, okay, and especially in a society in which we have all of these systems, every society has all these systems, like there's nothing unique about the systems being present or whatever, but like we do have all these systems. And so there, it takes courage to go, okay, this particular system, the way that it is, is not working for me. And I can sense that because I don't sense a sense of freedom and because there is like less oxygen in my life. So anyways, do go back and listen to Courage. I will say we did a bad job of setting up the microphone. That was on me. And so the um, the podcast episode of Courage doesn't sound excellent. But you know what doesn't feel like freedom is me and Ruby going, oh, shit, well, we got to do it all again. We have to pretend to be authentic, even though we already said all this in a recording, um, just because it doesn't sound perfect. So um, that feels like freedom. Give Courage a listen. But before we dive in <laughs> to Frida, just a little bit of housekeeping. Um, don't forget to leave us a review. It really makes a big difference. And we say this every week and we will continue to because it really does matter that like our business is built on you then telling the people in your life, then telling the people in their life what we're all up to so that we can all get on the same page. That's kind of the point of our work. Totally. And you know, like it, even like even as Ruby says that, I think about like my friendship with Ruby or like my closest relationships. The freedom that we have in those relationships is built off me going like, "Hey, team person in my life, I'm actually trying to make a shift. Are you willing to be part of that with me?" And it's so there's also this sense of like, if you're wanting more out of your life, if you're wanting to feel more courageous, more freedom in your life, the people around you are gonna have to either do some shifting or get off of the ship, if you know what I mean. And so inviting them into this work with you in their own ways, um, I guess that's a courageous act in itself because there are two options, right? Like, I guess three. I see three in this moment. One is that they won't do it at all and they'll stay exactly where they're at and you will completely outgrow them. Two, they will be like, so great. They will get on board and then you will like fork at the fork in the road and they will grow one way and you will grow another way. Great. Okay. The third option though is that you all will both grow up together and continue to grow together and feel more freedom and more intimacy and more connection and more relationship. Um, do you see any other options happening in that one, Ruby? That sounds pretty complete on like sharing with people that you know and then something that else is coming to mind is that if you leave a review then you're also sharing with people you don't know and then you're going to find the people who are down to grow alongside you through our podcast and our programs fun and through our upcoming online community called heartland what and our self-study programs which launch on like applications launch on december 1st (laughs) Okay, and since we're talking about those, we're going to have three different cohorts of those, which we're really excited to talk about, and you'll be seeing more information, like, on our blog about, um, but we're going to have a cohort for the 20-somethings. Like, why not? A whole cohort for our, our, are we called the Young Millennials? Or no, it'd be, yeah, the Young Millennials and then the Old Gen Z. So anybody in their 20s, that's, there's going to be a cohort for anybody in their 20s. Then we're going to have a cohort for anybody who is either a new, like parents, parents of any kind. Wow. We all need some support through parenting. And I don't know if you have followed 
um, my recent life journey, but I've been chilling with a bunch of new parents recently, specifically my sister. <laughs> so I really feel like I have gotten a really close, um, some close ups into that parenting life and y'all it's challenging. And also we'll just go ahead and say, like we always do, you're doing great. And then the next cohort is going to be for, um, like therapists, coaches, counselor, it's anybody who's in that, like helping profession in the way that like Ruby and I are, um, everybody that I know it, especially my therapist friends feel since 2020 overwhelmed, wildly, heavily burdened by not only what's happening in individual people's lives, but also to us as a generation. Like it's almost like the generational burden is now in the hands of many, many therapists. And so what we wanted to offer was a space for us to be together and to feel held and feel supported and for us to be able to get back in our bodies. And so through you sharing your review or sharing about us on your socials, we're at The Duality Project on both Instagram and TikTok, then you're helping us help people grow. Yeah. So if you've worked with us before, you can fill out the Google Doc that's linked in the show notes or go straight to the dualityproject.com slash TDP dash links and write a testimony of your experience. And we've really enjoyed sharing these on the podcast as they've come in. And actually this week we have one Kate's going to read with you um, from one of our previous self-study program cohort members. Yeah. Um, so she says, since participating in the self-study program, it's easier to slow down. I feel like I have more of the language and tools I need to properly identify what I want and need and don't want or need, express it and take steps towards it. You're right on time. Our words that I have tacked on this. You're right on time. Are this is hard for me to read, Ruby. <laughs> like tact, you know, like, um, uh, a thumbtack, you know, like tact. That's the word yeah. I'm trying to say. You're right on time are words that I've tacked to the inside of my forehead. Before the self-study program, I was more afraid to look inside myself because I was scared of what I would find and my obligation to do something about what was found. I now have a better understanding that the first step to feeling known and seen is knowing and seeing myself. I'm kinder and more patient with my mind and my body. A little levity goes a long way. Being with a community of people who have committed to themselves alongside you as you commit to yourself is beautiful. It provides you with such a sense of belonging and it's fun and it's hard and it's sweet and it's sour and messy and not linear, but it helped me feel less fucked up. Can I say that? Let's say <laughs> yeah, that part girl, again, you, can you know? Say that. <laughs> yeah, that the Being... self-study program helped her feel like less fucked up. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Me too. Me too. <laughs> totally same. And I want to clarify like what she's saying about like that sense of obligation to do something about what she found. Um, we talked a lot about this in her cohort because something that Ruby and I have felt a lot of is like um, in the past, uh, our self-study practices have been really like shame inspired, I guess. And so there's this idea of like once you see that you maybe you have some pattern or whatever that like isn't perfectly ideal that now because you can see it, your responsibility is to fix it. And what we're here to offer is that there's a lot of freedom in literally the, the you got to take the first step and the first step is seeing it. And also we are human beings. 
And we all have patterns which are not ideal to the rest of everybody else. And um, yeah, while they are technically our responsibility, also you can't go from not knowing what it is to fixing it. There are many, many steps in between and also you are not broken. And also some of the things that you see that will come up will just be your pattern for literally the remainder of time. And your job is to be kind about it, to be honest about it, to communicate it to the people that you're in a relationship with and to let people show up for you anyway. Yeah, that's a really that big like part. You know, like, that, yeah, the part where it's like you get to show you choose to show up for yourself and then you get to choose to let other people show up for you in all of your humanness and for me that has been like such a huge personal lesson and learning in my life and very connected to my sense of freedom which um before I started like letting people show up for me very fully my belief like the myth for me was that doing so would lead to like less freedom somehow, but it really is like the more I share um, like the fullness of who I am with the people who are closest in my life, the more freedom I get to experience because those people are also like supportive and um, like proponents of my freedom too. Mm-hmm. And you know, something that's come up, I had a coaching session last night where I was being coached and then Ruby and I have talked about this recently, but a sense that both of us share is like, I've sensed a lot of aloneness. Um, maybe even this idea of like independent, but alone. Like, I, I don't think that independence is necessarily alone. Um, but both of us have this whole like independence piece and it has felt very, very lonely throughout our entire lives. And Ruby, I wonder if a lot of this shift that we've made in the past couple of years around our self-study practice is what has offered like, I still feel very independent, but I don't at all have a sense of I'm alone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think like, so the word independence, I feel like often goes hand in hand with freedom. Mm-hmm. hashtag america it's like you <laughs> yeah, know like totally. even the word freedom unfortunately i'm like america yeah. um and <laughs> so we're just gonna like place the, those connotations on the shelf but just like the the thought and feeling of like being an independent person i feel like goes hand in hand with freedom but then also yeah like independence gets thought of as a solo venture mm-hmm. and really something we talk a lot about is this concept of interdependence where it's like I get to be independent me you get to be independent you and we're doing that together and we're doing that dance together in a way that we all get to experience freedom and that's the way that we have and continue to strive to like set up the systems in our personal lives and what we envision for like what the systems can be on a bigger scale right like everyone getting to contribute in an interdependent way so we we all get to be free and supported free and supported they're not separate yeah totally Ooh, so we have questions about freedom just for us to kind of like uh noodle on if you will um what do you feel like who has access to you who doesn't why when do you feel free when do you feel trapped or squashed diminished muted silence Hmm. 
Is freedom the ability to feel and express yourself, your ideas, your feelings, and have it be met with care, support, or curiosity? It doesn't really matter what it is in words, but it does matter what it is in your body. Begin to notice when you feel it, and sometimes it's easier to start by noticing when you don't. It's easy to know what freedom's not. You can feel it in your body, those moments where you don't feel free to be yourself. Like, why don't you? What's present? What are you aware of that doesn't allow you to feel free? Freedom is not likability. It does not tell you that you should or should not do. Freedom is not censorship. Freedom is not shame or fear either. And it is also not the absence of shame or fear. Freedom isn't the absence of challenge or hurt or conflict. That's a really important part. I think there's almost like something I feel sometimes is like, this entitlement to feel free, which is almost this entitlement to feel good at all times, or the entitlement to have somebody always listen to how you feel, or the entitlement to have somebody always validate your experience without going, hey, I validate that that's your experience. It's also not my shared experience. Because where there's only freedom for one person in a situation, that means there's not freedom for the other person in the situation. And so freedom is not the same as entitlement. And it is not the same as um, independence. Yeah, like maybe something to consider is like, okay, so what does freedom feel like for me? Or what do I want it to look like? And then how do I hold space for my own freedom? And how do I hold space for the freedom of others in my life and like both yeah. of those being a practice like holding space for my own freedom and holding space for the freedom of other people in my life so that it you know like what you're talking about is the way it becomes like all about me and my freedom and so like I don't my independence reigns and so it doesn't matter who's like toes I step on or like mm-hmm. you know that someone else might have a different experience this is the fact or whatever when it's really like holding space for each person's freedom is the practice of, I mean, really kind of like the practice of community. For sure. Yeah. And community happens where? Families, work, you know, neighborhoods, whatever, all over the place. Groups of people. And like our society and like the way that we are as animals is set up in groups of people because we're not meant to be alone in solitude doing everything on our own yeah totally we can't it's not set up that way and i think that's a wonderful thing absolutely Mm -hmm. thank goodness and there's a there's a um uh last night in my family all my family is here visiting and we were all just chit-chatting about um i come from a very like um southern white my mother is the son of a preacher daughter of a preacher she's the daughter of a preacher and um (laughs) I was thinking son of a preacher son of a preacher man (laughs) but um and so you know growing up my sister and I were taught some very like black and white this is right and this is wrong and this is how you do this and my mother is about to turn 70 and um her husband is 80 and we were having a wonderful conversation about the relationship between control and freedom And something that they both have expressed about in the past many years of their lives, something that they, especially my, this was, I was so tickled to hear my mother really say this out loud, but she was saying like, you know, I've really had to learn to let go of a lot of things that like, I actually 
don't have to be in control of or like that I don't have control over and the way that we were talking about how the way that that feels more free but then on the flip side of that we were also talking about how when it doesn't feel like you have control over anything how that also does not feel free so there's a fine line between how control plays into the work of freedom and then where we went with that was there's also this sense of like um the the things that we care about like what do you actually care about and getting honest and being clear about the things that you actually care about so that that's where your energy can go and then before ruby and i were on this call we were also talking about care and something in my experience and in my upbringing was like there's so much judgment and shame placed around the things that you profess that you care about or like oh my god how could you not care about that or how could you possibly care about that more than you care about this and it's like hey, you know what's really cool about care is that like there's enough to go around. And that if we were all just completely honest about the shit that we cared about, then we wouldn't have to all be doing care half-assed. We could be doing it full-assed. Care full-assed is what I'm trying to do. <laughs> and that's what feels like freedom to me. Absolutely. The, yeah, <laughs> The space and opportunity to full ass your life. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> completely. Yeah, so one of the biggest pieces of like diving into this theme is, is like, what is freedom to you? And you'll hear us do this over and over again, right? Like if you listen to Courage in the last episode, we're like, Courage according to whom? Well, freedom according to whom? Like what feels free for you? gets to be what feels free for you and what does not feel free to you gets to be what does not feel free to you and so start paying attention to what those things are and I would recommend you even make a list as you pay attention and like maybe you have a sheet of paper and on one column you write freedom is not and on the other column freedom is and sometimes like Kate was saying like it can be easier to determine what something is not first so pay attention like those feelings of like constriction or like being controlled um, are often like, I think, I don't know, like they come across as stronger because we associate them with being negative, right? Like it feels like trapped. And so notice when those happen and make a note of that. And then also like start to pay attention to when freedom is present. And another way to think about that though is like, what does freedom give you access to? And then notice for those things becoming present. So it could be like freedom um, could give access to like play or curiosity or wonder or vitality, appreciation, beauty, um, groundedness, clarity, expression, autonomy. All of these things are, are things that Kate and I have experienced like freedom giving access to. So you can look for those things and then say, okay, okay, this is what I was doing that gave me that. And then associate that with like a sense of freedom in your life. Mm -hmm. there's also um you can kind of think about like the qualities that freedom has um like what are quality words like softness is a quality word mm -hmm. um openness yeah clarity you know things like that are qualities um so you can think about the way that sometimes qualities help me Qualities kind of like align with like feeling words to me sometimes. Mm -hmm. Or even yeah, like, like it, I think of like anger, irritation, friction. Those all have the quality of 
well, at friction, I guess. <laughs> they all feel like they're rubbing together. There's um, there's pent-up energy behind them. They have the quality of trapped. But on the flip side of that, there's, yeah, openness, curiosity. Um, those have a more quality to me of, like, expansiveness. And that's what I was about to say is, like, if you go back and listen to the Courage episode, highly recommend, uh, we talk about how Courage gives way to a sense of expansiveness in both of our experiences and expansiveness is one way of being able to look at that and be like oh that's a sense of freedom like reclaiming a sense of freedom like the courage thing gives freedom you know and something that we haven't talked about here um ruby is also freedom's relationship with responsibility and what ruby and i would like to argue is that freedom having a sense of personal freedom um, is part of what I feel my personal responsibility is to myself and the world around me. Because I find that when I feel more free, the people around me feel more free. And, and therefore, we are all able to show up more with more sustainably, more curiously, more with more curiosity. Um, we're more open that way. So like I... I find that freedom is also tied to responsibility, but also more freedom doesn't necessarily mean less responsibility and more responsibility doesn't necessarily mean less freedom. Um, Because also like positions of leadership, that's also different than personal responsibility. Like choosing a position of leadership, part of the responsibility that comes along with being in a position of leadership is going, actually, do I have the personal capacity to appropriately respond to what comes up in this position of leadership? Or should I, or should somebody else be in this position of leadership right now? So even positions of leadership in themselves, for a time they might feel like, wow, personally empowering, freedom, I'm able to show up for this job. And then other times it's like, hey, I'm not able to meet the needs of this role right now. And that is also a personal freedom and responsibility. So there's just relationship between all of those things. And um, yeah, we don't have to explicitly Well, it's making me think about, just real quick though, I do want to like say and touch on is like, is it an, is it, it isn't, boop, boop. is it an Audre Lorde quote that says, no one is free until we're all free? Yeah, and, yeah, and let's look at, let's look at some of those quotes, Ruby, because, um, yeah, some of the people who write about freedom, um, mm-hmm, you know. I want to point to that one specifically, heard. and I want to point to that one specifically because, uh, just like anything else, it's like also vice versa, right? So like um, we have, as humans, we have a really hard time like relating to someone else's need if we've never had the need. Now that does not give us an excuse for like not, you know, like for not respecting that need. But like what it's making me think of is like, okay, so if I, because, um, let me gather my thoughts because the practices of freedom <clears throat> and how we um, experience these kinds of like qualities, like Kate was saying, are transient across 
physical, like tangible experiences. Um, they're not all equal. That's not what I'm saying. But if I personally give myself no access to freedom in my life, then it's going to be extra hard for me to understand how someone else might deserve, need, and be worthy of freedom in a different way. Yes. And so like doing our work in our own personal lives to cultivate a sense of freedom in the day-to-day within the framework of like what you have going on in your life is helpful for the greater good. And then also then though, we do have to flip the script and say like, okay, well then what am I doing to actually help other people be free? And that's again, coming back to like holding space for my own freedom and holding space for the freedom of others. And both is the only answer. Totally. And what Ruby is speaking to is like literally empathy. (laughs) It's going like, um, yeah, I mean, that's it. It's called empathy. Um, yeah, I was about to talk about Candace Owens, but we don't have to talk about Candace Owens. <laughs> yeah, it's Toni Morrison who says the function of freedom is to free somebody else. It's Asada Shakur who says it is our duty to fight for our freedom. It is our duty to win. We must love each other and support each other. We have nothing to lose but our chains. And it's Audre Lorde who says I am not free while any woman is unfree, even when her shackles are very different from my own. And it is Renee Brown who says, as we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same. As we are liberated from our own fear, our presence automatically liberates others. I think that's a Marianne Williamson quote. Okay. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't know. <laughs> I'm like almost certain it's from um, one of her poems, but I'm sure that Brene Brown quoted it. Okay. So maybe we have one of those like, um, what's the office? Um, you know, where he's like 100% of the shots that you don't take. Um, and then he quotes himself. Uh, anyways. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. So that's a poem by... Um, Williamson called Our Deepest Fear. On Our Deepest Fear. Our Greatest Fear. Anyways. It's quoted a bunch of different ways, but yep. just to yep. direct it to its original source. Yep, yep, yep. Okay, Kate. Yes? Are you ready to share with us an experience uh, of freedom? Sure. Recently in your life? Yeah. Can you set the scene for us? And then I've got a few questions for you. Sure, I'll set the scene. Okay, so here is something. Something that I see a lot of on the internet that is all fine and good is that practices of self-care can include things like bubble baths. Um, They can include things like getting your nails done. They can include things like whatever. Whatever. There's all sorts of things on the internet, buying some candles, you know, that's what the internet says to do for self care. And it kind of leaves it at that. And a couple years ago, I got really, really frustrated by this because I'm somebody who like, I don't actually like to get my nails done. I don't enjoy the process. And over all these years, I've had all these friends who are like, come on, it could be nice, just like lean in, but like, I don't like it. And, and to get clear with myself, with the fact of like, 
The only reason that getting my nails done is the practice of self-care is when I'm going with a friend and me and the friend are sitting and chit-chatting the whole time. So I'm actually just getting to connect with my friend and it just so happens that my nails are getting done. So so I so things for me that legitimately feel like self-care are things that uh enhance or amplify what I sense to be access to freedom. And so one of those, a big one of those things for me, um, self-care for me is really setting, like boundary setting can be a big one, or also um, saying the thing that I need to say. Because I sometimes, like, it, I can feel it building up in my body. I can feel it building up in my body. I can feel it building up in my body. And then it's like it gets trapped in my throat. And then it never comes out of my mouth. And then and then I just am stuck with, like, the energy of the thing that needs to be said in my body. And no matter how many bubble baths I take or how many times I get my nails done, that never gives any freedom to the shit that is stuck in my body. <laughs> so that is how I will set the scene for... What feels, and I guess maybe I have judgments towards, is being like a really um, simple practice for me in freedom. However, um, it doesn't matter. Like, I can have the judgment for that or whatever, but, like, it doesn't matter how simple it might be to me or to somebody else. Um, because it was challenging for me. It was hard, and it did take a lot of courage. And um, I felt so much more free on the other side of it. Tell us about that act of courage that was the prequel to your feeling of freedom. Okay, so the act of courage that was a pre- Okay, so um, here we go. So I've been living with my sister and my brother-in-law, who my, we'll call my brother-in-law for the sake of, I don't know, privacy or something, Steve. Like, if you Google me, you'll probably be able to figure that out, but it doesn't matter because you don't need to. Anyway, Steve. Um, so something that... Um, I grew up with is um, is that a lot of times uh, this was the story. I'm not I'm not um, co-signing this. I'm not co-signing this. But that the nice and polite thing to do is to keep your mouth shut when somebody says something that hurts you, um, so that you do not create disruption. So that is um, something that is challenging for me is to say the thing that is true for me, knowing that it may create disruption. Um, and so often, um, yeah, so, um, I, and I can honestly say that I often feel like triggered. So something feel it, it technically is like this small little thing, but what it feels like is this ginormous thing in my body that like, Oh my God, I'm about to have to say this thing. Everything is going to explode. I'm not going to be met with any kind of like, um, kindness or care or compassion. And the first thing that's going to happen is that I'm going to get kicked out of the home and we'll be living out of my car and we'll have nowhere to go. So that is how it feels for me in my body. It feels ginormous. And um, so a couple weeks ago, um, we had this conversation and Steve said to me, he says a lot of things in um, sentences with a period at the end. And what I feel a lot of the times is that um, like, A, I feel like he's telling me what to do, which doesn't feel like freedom to me when someone in my life like thinks that they can like boss me around as if they're like my parent or um or literally like I'm beneath them that's how I that's kind of like a sense that I feel is like you don't have any respect for me 
like a lack of respect for me, no matter who the person is, is something that doesn't feel free to me. Um, because having respect for each other is part of freedom, right? Um, so anyways, he said to me like, um, okay, and something, sorry, something else that happens is that uh, the, I feel like his sentences are very like, um, okay, so last time I was here, my dog has this thing, some urinary tract thing, a sphincter problem. Anyways, if she's laying in a certain kind of way, sometimes she'll stand up and there's a puddle of pee. She's a 10 year old dog. And this is just something that has happened. She's on medication for it. Um, but anyways, last time I was here, uh, she peed in his bed. And I didn't like that that happened, obviously. Um, But then this time they were going out of town. I was taking care of their baby, the dog, the cat. And he said, nobody can go into our room. And I immediately had all of this stuff come up about, um, you don't want us to be here. You don't appreciate that I just drove across the country to come here and take care of your home and your animals and your cat and your, you know, your dog and your baby. And you don't appreciate me as a person at all. Like, um you don't see me. I'm misunderstood. I'm not even allowed to go into your room anymore because one time my dog had an accident and also she's 10. How dare you? So that's all of the stuff that comes up for me. And all he said was nobody can sleep in there. And that made me feel furious. So the first thing I did was told Ruby. (laughs) (laughs) And I really was like, Ruby, here's all of the things that I'm feeling. And she was like, okay, well, what do you feel like your options are? And I was kind of like, there are no options, Ruby. How can you see, how could you possibly think that there are any options available to me? Um, And so the courageous thing was for me, the first step of the courageous thing for me was that I told Ruby. I told Ruby that I was having all these big feelings and that, um, And I also shared, like, I don't want to be somebody who can't say what I need to say in intimate relationships. And I just, I'm upset that that I feel like there's this big block in my throat. And I want to be able to say something. So that was the first part of the courage that I felt. And the reason that that courage, like, offered me a sense of freedom was because I felt like in telling her that and in validating And in giving voice to the part of me that felt like she couldn't say anything, it was almost like that, like, unlocked a piece of me that said, well, you just said all that. So then what happened? Well, then what happened? Then I talked myself and Ruby through some options of things that I could say. (laughs) And, like, in saying them out loud to her... Um, I, okay. So I talked through, like, I really, I like to talk through who do I want to be in this situation? How do I want to show up here? And so I, there were the parts of me, like the angry part of me was like, go home and tell him why that was such a shitty thing to say and how it made you feel and how he's bad. And then I was like, but I also don't want to, that's not how I want this conversation to feel or go because that's like not really it. Um, so who, who do I want to be in the situation? And I was like, I want to be able to be curious. I want to be able to be open. I want to be able to be kind. And I also don't want this to escalate. Um, so, so I kind of like named those things. 
And that helped me see more options in what could I do. And, and um, I think that's something important to note about like, um, particularly like trauma stuff is that it takes away our, our ability to see options. So even the fact, like me talking to Ruby about it and going, I naming the fact that like, it's not that I just feel uncomfortable. I don't just feel uncomfortable. I legitimately feel triggered and it feels, and it feels huge and unreasonable. Um, so going, I legitimately feel triggered and also I'm not yet seeing any options. Can you remind me that you love me? And can we talk through some options together? So that yeah, what felt I'm like the you, next step. And what I'm hearing you speak to, <clears throat> oh my gosh, what I'm hearing you speak to is the way that like each courageous piece unlocked a level of freedom that allowed for the next courageous piece. Yes, that's a really good point. Yeah. And also I just want to name like how important it is for like, um, I guess like, yeah, a piece of gratitude that I feel with Ruby is that I never feel like she feels overwhelmed when I feel when something for me feels really huge. Like I never get the sense that Ruby says to me like, well, hold on, calm down. She never says that to me. She's always just like, "Mm -hmm. yeah, totally. You know, like she's with me, but she's not she doesn't like add fuel to my fire, but she also doesn't try to put out my fire. She just like witnesses my fire. And that's a big part of what feels free to me. Because then I also do this thing where like when somebody else and so, so then if Ruby were to respond, respond to me and if she were all angry and upset, then I would feel like I would now be having to deal with her being angry and upset instead of me being angry and upset. So like she just kind of lets me stay like in my, in my own body. And that's something that I feel really grateful for with you, Ruby. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the way that, uh, thank you. I'm so glad that you feel that way. And the way that a sense of safety and security allows freedom to unfold or exist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So then what happened? Okay. So then I got in my car to go home to say what I wanted to say was, I needed to ask a clarifying question. And what I needed to know before I could get anywhere else was, is the reason that you asked for nobody to sleep in there because Emma peed in the bed last time? Like, I needed to make sure that we got on the same page. So I got in my car and I practiced saying that. And then I pulled up in the driveway and I literally had this moment where I was like, I don't have to say it. I was like, I don't have to do this. I don't have to do it. I don't have to do it. It's fine. I don't have to care. I don't have to do this. I do not have to do this. And then I was like, Kate, this is who you want to be. <laughs> and this is how you want to show up. And like, I know that you feel uncomfortable. So I had to give myself the pep talk. I was like, I know that you are scared of what is going to happen. And also, like, let's even talk through the things that you're scared of. The things that you're scared of is you're going to get kicked out of the house and you're going to have nowhere to go. Well, that's not true. Ruby lives right down the road. And also, I have (laughs) so many friends who have told me, you can always stay with us. And, you know, so that could no longer be part of, like, that was, like, a false illusion that, like, my fear was trying to, like, make up, you know, because that part just isn't true. So, in the car, I had to go, like, okay, that part just, like, it literally isn't true. So, let's get that part like, let's talk to that part. That part isn't true. Um, and so, yeah, then I walked in the house and I asked that question and I was like, is it because of this? And he was like, 
Well, yeah, and also they have, like, a 10-year-old cat who has all these freaking health problems who lives in their bedroom mostly and doesn't come out. And he was like, and also, you know, the cat is going through all this stuff. And so I just want for him to be able to feel, like, peaceful and safe and, like, he, you know, like, he's not getting bombarded with people or other dogs or whatever. And then we were able to connect over that. And I was like, wow. You know, I also don't want Emma to pee on y'all's bed. Of course, I don't want that to happen. And just so you know, she's been taking her medicine. She hasn't had an accident in a long time. So if that's a concern of his, then now we both get to put that to rest for a little bit. And then also, like, thank you for sharing that with me about the cat. I want that for the cat, too. You know, like, I'm here to take care of the home. And I want to do that well. Like, you know, so I also want that for the cat. So, like, thank you for sharing that with me. And it literally was like a three minute conversation. But all of that energy, like, it wasn't stuck in my body anymore. And it and so and so therefore, like, um, you know, he and I communicate differently and all of this stuff, but like that doesn't feel like it's been like resonant since then. You know, it hasn't just like kept showing up. Yeah, so what did it feel like in your body on the other side of that uh-huh. three minute conversation? Yeah, lol. Um, Relief. I felt this sense of relief. I also felt this sense of like empowerment. Like, okay, you just you just were the person that you want to be. You just said exactly what you wanted to say. And it went exactly how you knew it would. Um, I had a lot more trust. I had a lot more trust in myself. Um, You know, there was a part of me that felt like it almost, I mean, even now it feels silly. It feels so silly that I, that it was so hard for me to say that thing. And also I know that it will be that hard again. Um, but now I do get to have at least this proof of like, um, this is how I want to come to relationship. And this is how I want to come to conversations, no matter who the person is. Um, and yeah, can you talk a little bit about that proof part? Yeah. And the way that that like is relatable to freedom. And like getting access to freedom. Yeah, the proof part to me can be so like, it can be such a helpful exercise for me um, to do is to find proof where um, like uh, one time in 2020, Ruby and I had this phone call with some yoga instructors that we know who um, they were really upsetting us in the way that they were showing up in their studio and in their yoga practice around um, um, the conversation of human rights, honestly, that there was just literally like a missing link to their yoga practice. And I remember on that phone call, um, I was feeling really agitated and I was feeling all of that energy in my body because I just wanted to be like, literally, fuck you guys. But then it was like, that doesn't help. And that's not actually what I want to say here. But I was, I couldn't like find my words. And so what I spoke to was, hey, I feel a lot of heat in my body around this conversation. Would you mind if I took a few moments to like verbally explore that with y'all? And then we did that. And that, um, not that it changed like every single part, but, but again, it helped me say what I needed to say. Um, it's not necessarily about like the outcome of it. And so what I have, what the proof helps me do, so like in, even in remembering that, um, like I felt on the other side of that conversation, a sense of relief, a sense of 
like personal empowerment, a sense of safety that I can say what needs to be said in a way that is calm, that is compassionate, that is obviously caring. Um, and so when I can, when I can get in tune with those moments of relief, like it's almost like I can recall what that feels like in my body to have said that. And, um, I think that's a tool of resilience. Like the tool of resilience is looking for the proof of like, think about all the times I tried and maybe failed or maybe succeeded or no matter what the outcome is, but like, think about all the times I tried, like that is a plus for trying Kate, you know, cause I don't have any control over what the other person does. But when I think of yeah. like, like sometimes I said recently to somebody like, you know, the reason I do that particular thing is because when I go to bed at night, I do have like, this is the person that I want to be. And I do want to be kind and I do want to be like fiercely kind and I want to be um, both empowered and empowering. And so when I go to bed at night, sometimes I'm like, damn, have I been who I want to be today? And when I can like look for the proof and remember in my body, like actually, yeah, you said that thing that was really hard. Um, That is who I want to be. And so it's a tool of resilience to me. The remembering. Mm hmm. What do you want to add about that? The proof, Ruby? Basically what you said. Yeah, just that it is like a, uh, the brain is in the nervous system are designed to keep us safe. Mm-hmm. And so it is natural for our body, brain, nervous system, all the pieces to recall um, ways that maybe something hasn't worked out, you know, or like any way that the fear could be validated in order to like protect us Mm -hmm. i'm using air quotes in the future and using proof is being able to like say hold on a minute everybody we are actually safe we are okay and and i would like to present this powerpoint of these ways that we have done similar things (laughs) and we turned out on the other side honestly better and in a lot of these scenarios it went exactly how we needed it to go so Here is the presentation. Now we're all going to move forward. Thank you so much for your care and concern. Yeah. And it's sometimes like for those big fear things, it really does take like, hold on, we actually have to do this PowerPoint presentation before we can move on. And I think that's, that's part of like the me sitting in my car and going like, actually, we have to, I have to, in this moment, I can tell that fear is about to win unless we do one of these mini PowerPoint presentations. Totally. I feel like I do that on like a small scale, like pretty regularly, just like with uh, like self-talk, right? And like being able to catch and notice when self-talk goes in the direction of fear and then being able to be Mm -hmm. like, hold on. Hold on, girl. Let's have a little self-presentation. Yeah. Let's pull up the flashcards in our mind and remember where we came from and who we are and where we're going. Yeah. Yeah, like, because I want to make a choice here. I don't want to just be led by one of my patterns. Yeah, I was listening to a podcast <clears throat> yesterday, and 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 the, the person who was being interviewed and speaking was talking about, like, uh, we all need to upgrade our software. Like, we've downloaded yeah. all of this shit throughout our lives, and it is time to upgrade the software. And it, it made me giggle because it, it made me think about how, like, I am, 
I'm really, I have this like bad habit of downloading things into my computer and then like never sorting it or putting it anywhere else. And then the downloads just like exist. And it's like all of my storage is in my downloads. Yeah. And it made me think about that. And like my husband gets on to me about it and he's like, you got to clean this shit up. And I was like, that's what it's like internally. Like the self-study practice, that's what it's like internally. And then like clearing up the downloads and saying Mm -hmm. like, this is how I want to be. Like, I want to be fiercely kind. This is what, I, like, how I go to bed, like, envisioning the kind of person I want to be. That is stepping into freedom. Mm-hmm. Like, making that choice to em- embody that part of me that I know, like, is potential, is possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, through our time together, Ruby, like, something that I've really identified for myself is, like, when I think of, like, what is a North Star of my own personal value values? Mine is like, and I can put many, many values underneath this, like it's kind of, but like my umbrella thing is like authentic connection. And what I know mm-hmm. about authentic connection is that that means that I have to be doing that also. Like I have to, because the value is me authentically connecting. And also that is also what I want to receive back in the world. But I can't, I can't just hope to receive it if I don't show up and do authentic connection as well. Wow, I love that. And I love that you're bringing in the values because that feels like, like you saying, like a North Star feels like a scaffolding for experiencing freedom. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like this is something I remember saying to you, Ruby, on our call is I was like, hold on, what does our work have to say about this? Because here's who I want to be and here's how I want to do it. And so who, what does our work say about this? And then we were able to go like, okay, yeah, it was like the scaffolding. We got to use the scaffolding that we've, and that's what all this work is for is so that you'll have some fucking scaffolding so that when you feel like you're falling, you'll have something to reach onto and then go, okay, where am I? What do I need? And how am I going to get there? Mm-hmm. And so a part of, um, a part of my scaffolding too is, um, and maybe this is one of like my downloads or whatever, but, um, is, and I know that this is part of my, my upbringing and, my cultural upbringing too is this sense of like martyrdom and what comes with the sense of martyrdom is this sense of resentment um because there's no empowerment in this sense of like well i will just bend over backwards for everyone in my life and then it's like actually i don't fucking feel good about that i don't actually believe in doing that and i don't believe that that's a helpful thing for anyone to do i don't think um that actually serves the greater good martyr like martyrdom doesn't actually serve the greater good because it's it's one person in the system not getting any of their needs met and then just being a um, staple of resentment. And so that was also a situation where I was like, I am going to resent Steve if I don't say what I need to say. I will resent him. And and then the thing with the resentment, too, is that that's still mine. It's not Steve's. It's not like I'm resentful and then hand it over. It's mine. And I'm like, I don't want to fucking deal with resentment. I want to be feeling gratitude because gratitude feels more free. Empowerment feels Mm -hmm. more free. Resentment and martyrdom feels closed and Mm -hmm. heavy and bad. Yeah. And what keeps coming up around this is this, uh, the concept of choice that Mm -hmm. we have choice and that like you choosing the possibility of freedom over what you knew was built into the scenario of not saying anything which is resentment Mm -hmm. 
And you know, that's another good thing about proof is that proof also tells me I have proof of me not saying things like that. And so I have the proof of resentment. And I don't, and something that Ruby says a lot is like, what we do, no matter what it is, is something that we're practicing. Um, so I don't know, I'm, I'm sitting in a certain kind of way. And it's me practicing sitting like this, whether I'm consciously doing it or not, it's still what we're practicing. Um, so whatever we do over and over is a practice. And so if I do proof of resentment over and over, then I'm practicing resentment. And I do not want to practice resentment because I've seen out in the world in my family, what does a practice of resentment look like? And I don't want to be doing that. And so I'm going to have to make different choices. And that it that means that I will be up against my downloads, if you will. Uh-huh. Time to upgrade the software. <laughs> upgrade the software. Kate, and it sometimes Kate is a, clunky. Kate has had a, her extra fair share, than fair share of technological difficulties this week. And... It's not fun. It's not fun. It's really not. It's very frustrating and it feels wildly out of my control, you know? And it feels like a barrier to what, okay, it feels like a barrier to what I actually want to be doing and who I actually want to be being, but turns out I'm furious because of, um, you know, technology. And that feels very <laughs> frustrating. And what have I had to do? I've ha- I had to go sit at the Verizon store for three hours. And sometimes that's what it takes in order to get where you want to be. You got to go and you got to really address the situation. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah. What else? Um, yeah. Is there anything else you want to speak to about the freedom that came from this encounter? I also remember feeling energized. And I remember feeling like, um, I remember feeling like, good job, Kate. You know, like, wow, girl, wow, girl, you just did it. And then I also remember feeling, um, like, I remember feeling like softness towards Steve, which can feel hard for me to feel sometimes. Um, you know, cause what he's up against with me is all of my past experiences with men. And is that fair for him? No. Is life always fair? No. Um, do, uh, we are all up against each other's experiences with other people like us. Um, so like me as a thin white woman in the world of self-help and fitness or whatever. Yep. I'm up against. And maybe that's sometimes why I feel so angry at other white women in the self-help and fitness world is because I'm like, I'm up against us and we do some fucking damage. You know, and so, yeah, that does make me feel angry because I know what people's experiences have been like with people who look, sound and feel like me. And obviously, yes, I want to do differently, but more but more so it's important for me to um, listen and continue to hear how people feel because that's what because he heard how I felt. I was like, OK, great. You know, I want this to feel like this. And we were able to get on the same page. And um, so that space was important for us to have to shift the experience. Yeah. Mhm. I remember I called you afterwards. Yeah, I was going to say you definitely I remember you being like, "I did it. I did it. <laughs> I did it. Good job me." Yeah. And it's like, "Good job you." <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. And I think, like, you know, when I think about what I consider the, you mentioned empowerment earlier, when I think about what I consider the definition of empowerment to be, to me, it's having the resources that you need and the availability of opportunities to feel an inner sense of empowerment, like having that support system and empowerment feels a lot like freedom when I think about it, you know, like empowerment is something that like goes hand in hand with freedom. I think when Mm -hmm. I feel the most free, I also feel the most embodied and empowered in myself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Able to resource myself and my network or whatever. My PowerPoints. Yeah. Those PowerPoints. (laughs) Slideshows. (laughs) Yeah. And you know, like I, I like those PowerPoints and, and the slideshows and stuff like, like the ways that our bodies legitimately do remember and it takes space. So it does take a breath for our bodies to be able to remember those things. So like, It cannot go understated how important it is to call a friend before you have to do something big and courageous that um, will likely feel free on the other hand. It cannot be overstated how important it is to take the deep breath in your car before you walk into the house and go like, I got this. I can do this. This this is no matter what happens, I am going to be okay because my worst nightmare of this situation isn't going to be what's going to happen because I've already PowerPointed myself through that. So it can only kind of be okay. Mm-hmm. I got this. And honestly, there is there is freedom in doing that. Like one of my least favorite exercises that my therapist is always getting me to do is the worst case scenario exercise. And I'm always like, this is the worst case scenario. And then she's like, is it? Is there something worse? And, you know, always it's like this or this or this or this. And ultimately the worst case scenario is death for everyone. And that's not that bad. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Every time. (laughs) Every single time. That's the way that goes. Yeah. And there is a sense of freedom in, in just like being able to say, like you said, like, the worst case scenario, whatever I think that that's going to be, whatever feels biggest in the moment, right? Like we don't have to go to death every time, but like mm-hmm. that there is freedom in being able to go there with oneself. Yeah. And look it in the face and say, this would be awful. I would hate that. It's also probably not going to happen. Yeah. Even just doing that gives access to freedom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think, you know, like talking and this conversation and you sharing this specific story is just calling attention for me to the part that's like freedom is such a big word. And we often associate it with really big expression. Mm-hmm. And it has definitely had big, big expression in my life. And I'm so glad that you shared a, st- a story that's just like, a piece of a day-to-day that happened in three mm-hmm. minutes. You know, it, the actual event was like three minutes long because, again, like the way that freedom comes in these like little bursts that kind of like pushes ahead. Yeah. It feels like um, like <laughs> like when you're playing like Mario Kart and you get enough of like the turbo points to like speed fast so- past mm-hmm. someone. 
Yeah, totally. And you know, when we were when when we were first like gearing up for, like to have this conversation, I thought of like, wow, I got to give some like big expression of freedom story. Um, but like that little like power boost to me, that is taking. Okay, and also remember in the beginning of the podcast when I was talking about um, like how I feel grateful that I'm. A, we've talked about empathy. So really understanding how these particular things um, feel for you really specifically in really small moments. um, That's an important, huge part of like the ripple effect of how of what personal freedom actually does for you and the people around you. Um, And then once like people are people create systems So when we have this deep understanding of what does freedom feel like literally on a day-to-day basis in my life personally, that empowers us to create even freer, more compassionate systems that support more people. But when we just start at like this big giant systems level, you're like, I don't know. I don't know how this is going to go. So this is what the system is going to be. But when you start from like, your heart space and you as a person, then it ripple effects outwards and creates a bigger and better system for everybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So like, what are some of those things? What are some simple things we can do at home to access a feeling of freedom? Wow. Well, you know, Ruby, I like bodies. I love bodies. And so um, <laughs> dance parties. <laughs> Always. Every yeah. day, honestly. Yep. Okay, so what's there? Y'all have a challenge. Listener, you. You have a challenge. You, listen. You, listen up. You've got five days. (laughs) (laughs) Like, okay, and there's a lot of ways that you can set yourself up. Um, Something that I think is fun is um, sometimes it makes me feel free, more free. Sometimes it makes me feel less free when there's a mirror. But seriously, get out music, set up a playlist, a playlist that you like. Um, and dance to it and maybe do it in front of the mirror and notice, does this make me feel free? Okay. If it doesn't, what are the judgments that are coming up here? What are the critiques of myself that are coming up here? Like noticing the way that you talk to and about yourself, um, is a huge part of our relationship with freedom because that's also probably how we talk to other people or maybe we're not saying it out loud to other people, but we're thinking it about other people. Mm Mm-hmm. So notice whether you feel free or less free um, because of the mirror. And then notice how your self-talk is. Um, Ruby? And then notice how you, um, like, censor yourself in your dancing. And how can you, maybe even just a little bit every day of the five days, like, uncensor your movement. So for me, one thing that I, I have to, like, prompt myself in this way. So then I'm like move in a way that you've never moved before. And then I can like come up with something or like what's a body part that's like not moving or like maybe yeah. my arms haven't haven't gone up. So like how can I move with my arms in a different place? So like ask yourself questions to like get the point here, right? Is like you're not training to go to the prom. You are training for freedom in your life. <laughs> so like get out of the box. Um, and we actually have a really great playlist on freedom. So I just wanted to plug that that will – tag in the show notes totally. the link to our freedom playlist because it has some really great jams of like all different genres <laughs> exactly um 
Wait, Ruby, I want to highlight what you're saying, though, about different body parts. Um, If you are somebody who is like, I don't dance, fine, you can still do this. Start, then isolate your body a little bit. So, So instead of expecting your entire body to move on day one with you, start by just being like, today I'm just going to move this one arm, one arm, you know, and like, yeah, dance with your one arm. And then maybe the next day it's two arms. And then the next day, maybe it's your neck or even better yet, start from the ground up, start by just moving your feet, start, then add your legs, then add your hips, then add your arms, then add your torso, then add your neck, then add your eyes. Oh my God. What if your eyes moved all around when you dance or your face? (laughs) You know, like, you can even think about, like, joints. Like, what particular joint comes next? Can I get that joint involved? Like, um, the leg bones connected to the bone, the neck bone connected to the, you know? You know, that's not, like, do that. <laughs> so, yeah, dancing every day. And then also, because I think we want all of these things to happen every day, right? For the five-day mm-hmm. challenge. Mm-hmm. Lay on the floor. Mm-hmm. Lay on the ground. Honestly, if you're somewhere where it is warm enough to go outside and like physically lay on the ground, that's what I I will not be doing that. There's snow on the ground. (laughs) Um, Also, you know, then that means maybe like being more in public. And so I get if you don't do Mm -hmm. that. So either on the ground, like in your room, in your living room. Yep. Anywhere. Outside on the ground, like lay on the ground. Yeah. Five minutes. Enough to take some deep breaths, you know? Like, maybe you set a timer and then, like, give yourself some deep breaths and, like, feel the weight of your body against the ground. Yep. What part of your bodies are touching? What part of your body touches the ground? Mm -hmm. Yep. Mm -hmm. And I do want to clarify that if you need, if you, like, have a need for this to be on a bed or a couch, okay. But generally, try to get yourself all the way to the floor. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. The next part of this is notice five things that are beautiful. Five things. And taking, perhaps, noticing, allowing them to be small things. Five beautiful things. And then finally, my favorite, make some noise. Any of that. Yep. Do that at least once a day. Mm-hmm. And really take note, because, wow, we even do that for, like, one round, and I'm, like, just giving an example, and already I feel like, wow, I needed that. I really mm-hmm. needed that here at the mm-hmm. end of this podcast. So notice how it feels on the other side of, honestly, each of these exercises. Just take a quick, like, mental inventory, or if you're someone who, like, likes to keep personal field notes in your journal, like, mm-hmm. maybe jot some things down. Or Don't if you're it doing heavy. it with a buddy, text your buddy. Yeah, hey, text just your buddy. made a sound, and here's how I feel. Do it in your voice memo, really, yep. you know, like, share the sound. <laughs> yep. Wow, yes. Okay, and also, here's an additional piece for all of our parents out there. Um, if you are a parent... Do this maybe with your kid because there's something that kids don't have the same filters that we have. So something that I find when I'm with my niece, Lily, is if we're dancing, she's not like 
Auntie Kate, that looks weird. She's like, cool, what are you doing? Let's go. You know, she's got different moves than I have. Um, when we lay down on the floor, yeah, she can really lay there and let herself be like melt into the floor in a way that it takes me some time to get there. Um, when we look at, she has shown me the same flower on this one plant now <laughs> for like six weeks, you know, and it's like the same flower. And she's like, this, this this and she's like wow just she's amazed by it every single time and it's like that kind of like childlike wonder and curiosity is part of what freedom feels like um and then she makes we make loud sounds together you know like I'm more quick to go for her like oh hey I hear that you're feeling frustrated let's make some loud sounds together and then we like roar like dinosaurs you know um and it's easier for me to do that on behalf of her and when I get to do it I also notice that I feel a little bit more free. So if you have kids, you can invite them into this practice with you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I imagine like, just like what you're speaking to, like when you do it with your children, they invite you back into it. Yep. Which is such a gift. Mm -hmm. You know, like again, having like freedom and having each other to do it alongside of. And like, I don't have kids and I don't have any children like directly in my day to day life right now. But like, even with my husband, like, one of us will initiate and then the other one's like, yeah, I need to do that too. Let's like get it out together. Yeah. And like what you're speaking to is the way that we do mirror each other. So like, um, I find myself like if I'm, so say I'm dancing with somebody and if they're feeling super self-conscious about themselves, I can sense that in myself. Mm. Also on the flip side of that, if I'm feeling really free in myself, the other person can sense that. And so we do that for each other. And that's kind of what we're talking about where the sense of responsibility comes in. The, the sense of freedom that we have to take care of ourselves in a very um, honest and uh, like um, wild kind of way um, empowers the rest of us to do that as well. And so if you are with your kids, notice if you are feeling like... Um, really self-conscious about it, they will see that and they will shift in how they are showing up to this kind of practice. And I want you to feel that. I want you to feel what does it feel like for your kid um, to feel a little bit less free because that's maybe what they're witnessing in you. And not that I want you to feel shame for that because that's how life is, but also just in the noticing. How does that make you feel? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so the journaling piece of this is to take note of, like, how do you feel before each activity? How do you feel after? In what ways do you not feel free? What are those sensations in your body? Um, When you access play, what sensations shift or come up for you? Mm -hmm. And And maybe come back to the – go ahead. I was going to say, maybe for this five-day period, put something somewhere where you will see it that is one of those permission slips. Like we talked in the Courage episode, write yourself a permission slip that says, I give myself permission to feel free. Write it four different places. You know what? Five. Five different places where you'll see it, you know, once a day. Wow. I love doing work with you because that was literally what I was about to say. (laughs) Yeah. So that's your practice of freedom. Have fun. Let us know how it goes. The self-study program 
gives you the skills and techniques to explore your feelings, identify your needs, set boundaries, and communicate clearly and compassionately so that who you want to be aligns with how you show up. The self-study program offers a container for inquiry and self-discovery. It's a place for you to land. When you give yourself a framework for accountability, you open yourself to the possibilities that are awaiting you. Self-study program is a group coaching curriculum that fosters autonomy, yes and thinking, and meaningful connection. We do it together as a reminder that we are not alone. May you be happy, Applications may you be open. healthy, may you be safe, may you be free. Oh, I love that. Is that going to be our new outro? Sure. I love that. Yeah. Applications for the self-study programs are opening up on December 1st. Bye. <laughs> Until next time. May you be happy, may you be healthy, may you be safe, may you be free.